Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Welcome back to the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast with me, Sophia. And this is episode 45. I can't believe that I'm saying that. That's so crazy to me. Um, I feel like I say that every time I introduce a new episode is how crazy it is. (laughs) What episode number? But it's true. I've actually stuck with it. Something that I'm like super excited about. Um, Today, I have my friend Jen on here. And I'm really excited to talk to her because We are going to talk a lot about this um, subject of macronutrients and get kind of the sciencey nerdy part about it, which I love, love, love. And I actually think it's a really important thing that people really need to know because of our diet world and today and how people just trust people online to tell them like what to eat and what to take out. And there's actually a science behind all these things we call macros. Um, Jen, do you want to introduce yourself, um, what you do, um, and your new venture that you started? Sure. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's really an honor to be on here. So thank you, Sophia. Um, so my name is Jen. I'm, uh, I would say a nutritionist. Um, I have a degree in dietetics. Um, I didn't go on to do an internship and take the board exam because I actually went on to nursing school from there. So um, I'm a registered nurse. So I've been working in our healthcare field for about 10 years, which I've really enjoyed. Um, I get a lot of, you know, pleasure from working in our healthcare field, but it's also, of course, sad because there's so many chronic diseases out there that I see that can be prevented. Um, but I also uh, have a, a little small side passion. I started a YouTube show with my son, Ethan. He's about two years old, a little over two years old. Um, he doesn't do much of the talking yet, but eventually as he grows up with the show, I'd like him to do more of the talking. Um, but we d- discover different health topics. We talk about them and also make a simple, easy, delicious recipe as well. Um, and that's at eatingforee.com. Uh, so if you go to eatingforee.com, it goes directly to our YouTube page. And you can also find us at eating for E on Instagram as well. So that's um, really what I've been up to. I also have a two month old son. So I have two, two little ones, a two year old and a two month old son. So it's never a dull moment in my household. There's always something going on here. You're Um, not busy. You're not busy at all. Not at all. You're super bored. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. So um, like I said, I, I've had to be okay with not getting stuff done on my to-do list, which I'm such a type A, like make my list and, you know, check it off twice. But it, I've had to learn as a mother that you just have to take things um, as they come and just go with the flow. It goes much better if you have that perspective. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I think most of us that, you know, are type A, we, when we have kids, we, we definitely grow a big type B arm because you have <laughs> yes. to, you never know what's going to happen with kids. Um, I, I love, I actually, um, I will link um, Jen's YouTube in the show notes, but I went over and I was watching some of it when I was kind of prepping the, um, prepping for today. And um, it's so cute. I just love that you're doing this with him. And, you know, even if it's just something like for him to have as a creative outlet, as he gets older, I mean, it's, you know, kids these days, like these are the types of things that they, you know, might be doing is getting into like YouTube and for him to learn it at such a young age and to learn about, you know, especially coming from you that 
has that degree that knows the realness behind um, food and all that kind of stuff from a science perspective. It's, it's such, I, I try and do that with my kids, like when it comes to eating and you'll see as like the kids get older, they go to school, there's a lot more that comes into eating as far as um, outside sources. And, you know, we try and tell our kids like they come right now, there's a lot of them are, you know, home half the time. So today I have one kid home. Tuesday, Thursdays, Monday, Wednesdays, I have one kid home. Tuesday, Thursdays, I have two kids home because we're still on a hybrid mm -hmm. schedule. Um, okay. And, you know, they get their own snacks because that's like what they do. Even the five-year-old gets his own snacks. And we have a rule. You get one snack from the fridge and pair, paired with everything you get from the pantry because okay. we are trying to, you know, instill like fresh food, you know, pantry food's great, but, so, you know, you also need fresh food. You can't live on pretzels. You need mm -hmm. like, you know, you also you know, we talk to them a lot about protein and like pairing your pretzels with some sort of protein, like get some hummus, hummus. get some peanut yeah, butter. Perfect. Um, but a lot of it is like, you know, we try and tell them, I try and tell, teach them the science behind it. It's like, well, if you just eat that, you know, it's fine to eat the chocolate. It's fine to eat that, but you know, it spikes your blood sugar, but if you pair it with a protein, it helps regulate it. And so you don't get that feeling, you know, inside where your tummy kind mm -hmm. of like, you know, feels funny. And I, I think there's not enough of that done with kids, you know, mm -hmm. it's just parents saying, well, I don't want you to eat it because you can't. And it can yeah. be like, well, uh -huh. why, you know, <laughs> like, and they're going to be so much more satisfied too, you know, if they pair it with something else as well. Yeah. But parents like, you know, I see so many, cause I'm very, um, I've, I've, I've evolved this way, but I'm very relaxed now with, with my kids and they're eating and we have a candy jar right on the, right on the, on the uh, countertop. Like we, we have a candy jar right on the countertop and I want my kids to know that, um, food, you, you need to have a good relationship with food and mm -hmm. candy isn't off limits, but you need to know that when you eat that candy, this is what happens to your body. And if you want to go out and play with your friends in the neighborhood for four hours after school, which is what my kids do, they come home, drop their backpacks and they all go outside and play like 1970s style. It's amazing. <laughs> Perfect. Um, <laughs> but it, you can't sustain that play when you come home from school and eat a piece of candy as a snack, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're going to get And making tired. that connection with food is so important, even at a young age, even if you don't oh, think yeah. at the time they understand, they do, they, they, they do. grow up and they learn those things as well. For example, like my mom growing up, she always would have like a whole grain bread. And a lot of my friends had, you know, white bread, the white standard, yeah. you know, bread and I don't even like white bread to tell you the truth. Cause I just grew up always eating that. And that was normal yeah. for me, you know, instilling those really important food concepts young is so important. Yeah. Well, and connecting, like you said, how they feel and like, while, yeah, I mean, eating candy and whatever, like, yeah, it tastes good. Like that's, not, it's not bad to eat it. It's just, you know, you want to make sure you're eating other things to help, you know, fill your body with what it needs because, candy doesn't do that. I mean, it doesn't have the nutrients you need. It doesn't. So it, while it's fine to have that, you know, you should, you should eat something else too, to feel mm -hmm. your body, to, to have the energy to do all the things you want to do. And, mm -hmm. um, my kids definitely like they learn, you know, they're kids, but it's, um, it's neat to see. And I love that you're doing that little YouTube channel for him and to see, have other parents see that how young he is you know, and because so many parents don't realize that you can actually teach them. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. And even if it's just as simple as, you know, stirring the soup or whatever, he feels really proud and he feels connected. And he's, I've found that he's much more likely to eat it if he actually is involved in making it as well. I mean, he's a standard, full disclosure, he's a standard two-year-old. Like, so one day he likes something, some next day he doesn't like it anymore. And the next day he loves it again. So it's like, you never know. The show, he loves everything. But then the next day, if I give it to him, he doesn't always want it, you know? So he does. He, he's a standard toddler but oh yeah um, and that doesn't change necessarily I have my five my almost <laughs> six-year-old is the same way like it's and okay. even my even my nine year my almost my uh middle son actually turns nine on Sunday and it's the same like you know I'll make something and he'll like be like oh this is so good and then I make the same thing again and he's like I don't like it I'm like you like this like two weeks ago or you actually liked it last <laughs> night it's, yeah it but come on change yeah. Uh-huh. It does and that's change. okay. And they're, they're yeah. allowed, like you brought up on a previous episode of your podcast. It's okay for them not to like certain things. I mean, we don't yeah. like certain things as right. adults, you know? So yeah. like you give it a few tries and if they don't like it, it's okay. There's plenty of other foods out there. Right. So. And actually what's interesting is the research shows with kids is that um, they need to have 25 to 30 positive interactions with something before they Mm -hmm. actually know if they like it. And Mm -hmm. when I say positive, um, I was speaking with this pediatrician about this. um, And positive means that it is a non-stressful situation. So it's not a situation where like you want your kid to try broccoli, where you're like, you have to eat that broccoli. That's Mm -hmm. not a positive interaction. A positive interaction can simply be as simple as broccoli being on a plate next to their, where they're eating. It doesn't, they don't mm-hmm. even have to touch it to have a positive interaction. And that's kind of like where, you know, that's what we do a lot is like, I always make some, have something at dinner that I know everybody likes, like whether it's pasta, although my youngest child is literally not part of our real family because he does not like <laughs> pasta. He doesn't like pasta. I'm like, what kind of kid doesn't like pasta? Um, so I mean, but he likes, he's a weird one. He will eat plain lettuce and plain cucumbers all day, every day. And I I literally, I'm like, you cannot sustain on that. Like that is not sustainable. (laughs) That Um, is not very many calories. (laughs) No. So, and he's tiny. So that's, you know, part of the problem. But we always have something that we know, like everybody likes. And then I introduce a lot of new things because that's my business. I'm always creating with new things. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, when I introduce it, it's like, I put it there and I'm just like, well, this is dinner. You mm-hmm. can choose to eat this part of the dinner. You can choose not to eat this part of the dinner. It doesn't matter to me. Like mm-hmm. just so they get to. that introduction. That's so yes. important. Yes. And you know, it's, it's important because I, you know, sh- making your child eat something is not a positive interaction. It's actually a negative interaction. So you're actually doing a disservice when you say like, you have to eat those peas or whatever. It It's more, it, they may like peas. They actually may end up liking peas, but if you keep forcing it, they're, they're not going to like it and they're never going to know they like it. And I'm just curious with your kids, do you try to quote unquote hide different veggies and stuff? Or do you full disclosure, you always tell them like, if you make like a pesto and it has spinach in it, like, do you always tell them that it's in there or do you like to try to quote unquote hide veggies and things? I, I'm actually a huge proponent of both. I mean, I don't believe in hiding things only because it's not bringing to light that like veggies are good. Um, but at the same time, especially with kids that don't eat a lot of veggies and have, you know, issues with eating them, I think hiding them is important because you wanted them to get those nutrients. So, Mm -hmm. um, I don't really 
talk about the food unless they ask about it. We talk about okay. it in the sense of like, oh, this is so good. But if they were to ask me what's in it, I'm not going to lie. Like I'll tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of my, I think the kids, like my oldest kid eats everything. My son, he is like, he will try anything, eat everything. He's an amazing eater. Like amazing. <laughs> it's a blessing. Um, yeah, it really is. The, and he's always been this way. He's never gone through any weird stages where he doesn't like food. Um, my second two have always been very difficult. Um, my youngest is the most difficult. My second one used to be really difficult. He's getting a little better with trying things, although now he'll try it and automatically say, no, I don't like it. But then he might try it again and go, well, actually it's not that bad. Hmm. Um, and I don't make a big deal out of it. If he says no, it's like, okay, that's fine. Thanks for trying it. Um, but I feel like when you, when they ask like what's in it and I tell them it's sometimes it helps because like they love, they love greens. Like my kids love sauteed greens. Uh, it's strange, but they love it. Even the little one, he loves sauteed greens. That's awesome. And so, yeah. So if I say there's spinach in it, they actually are more likely to try it. Okay. Um, so if there's something your kid loves and you put it in it, I actually use that as like a benefit, like, Hey, but you love broccoli and it's in there. And mm, so they okay. might be like, so they connect, you know, oh, I actually do like broccoli. Maybe I will like this weird looking new thing. <laughs> that's a, that's awesome. That's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. Um, but speaking of food, I really want to talk to you today about, um, I, cause I have noticed a lot lately and I actually have, I'm going to have a total of, um, three episodes on macronutrients. I already have one that I recorded myself about, um, macronutrients and why I don't discriminate. Um, just cause I've seen so much and lately, especially online about excluding certain ones in order mm-hmm. to achieve, you know, a certain health goal. And, um, so I, being my sciencey self, you know, I looked, I started reading more about them and I've learned, I was pre-med in, in college. So I learned a little bit about this kind of stuff, you know, touched upon, but it, I found it so interesting how, um, they each actually what our body need, like what our body does with each of them. So can you tell people just in general, like what are people talk about these macros all the time? What are macros in general? Yeah. So just breaking down the word macronutrients, macro means large um, and nutrients means nourishment, which of course is, is essential for life. So when you think of macronutrients, it's something that has to provide calories for us. So fiber, for example, is not a macronutrient because fiber doesn't provide calories or we eat it, but then our body eliminates it. Um, so we have our carbs and our proteins. Um, both of those have four calories per gram and then your fats have nine calories per gram. Um, so when I, just a funny thing that I always say is people always say carbs make you fat. And I'm like, well, if you actually look at carbs, actually, if you break it down, fat makes you fat because it has over twice as many calories per gram, but that's a whole <laughs> side story. But anyways, that's just like a quick thing I usually tell people, but, um, yeah, so carbohydrates, like I said, for have four calories per gram, we need carbohydrates because our brains actually run off carbohydrates. That's why when you hear like, you know, people do these low carbohydrate diets, they, a lot of people complain of like headaches and brain fog and stuff like that. It's because their bodies are like, you are not providing enough carbohydrates and they're trying to break down proteins and fats for their brain to run off essentially. So they feel kind of crummy a lot of times. Um, Of course, people, they 
lose weight that way. Cause I feel like people, when they cut out carbs, they're cutting out, you know, the refined processed stuff like cookies and donuts and stuff like that. And it's like, well, of course you're going to lose weight. Cause you're cutting out a lot of fats as well in your diet and right. just the processed junk, you know? Right. So, um, but yeah, that's why you hear of like elite athletes, you know, they always carb load before they do an intense workout because they need your, your brain and, you know, our brains are a a muscle essentially, and all our muscles need a lot of carbs for energy. So that's why you hear people carb loading before, you know, performance, like athletic performances. Um, And then of course you have your proteins, which are really, really important. Our basically our tissues, our muscles are built from those proteins. There's 20 different amino acids. So amino acids are, you think of are like the building blocks of what makes up a protein. So there's 20 amino acids, uh, that make up all proteins. 11 are made by our body and then nine we have to get through our foods. And they used to think you've, I'm sure you've heard of this too, uh, Sophia, they used to think that you had to combine different foods together to get those. If you ate a plant-based vegan diet that you had to combine, you know, you had to have beans and rice at this dinner or had to have like hummus and a slice of bread, but they've learned throughout the years through research that our bodies are smart enough to be like, Hey, you had this for breakfast and this for dinner. Um, your body is smart enough to know how to combine those, those amino yes. acids to make complete proteins, which is good. So it's yes, not I actually heard that people make it. Yes. Uh-huh. I heard that so. that myth has been debunked. Like they, your body's way smarter than that. And there are some complete proteins on a plant-based diet as well. For example, like quinoa, edamame, hemp seeds, chia seeds, um, even like you probably heard of Ezekiel brand bread and tortillas. Uh-huh. Those are complete proteins. So there are things that are complete proteins, but thankfully we should give ourselves, our bodies more credit. They're smart enough to combine what we eat throughout different meals to make those complete proteins. So that's good. What are, um, um, what are the few, uh, uh, complete proteins that you just said? Quinoa, I knew was quinoa, one. Uh, edamame is another one. Um, hemp and chia seeds. Um, buckwheat is another one. Um, and then Ezekiel oh, cool. bread, like I mentioned as well. Ezekiel bread has several different, you know, grains yeah. and things in it. They, but, yeah. They yeah. have like everything. I feel like, I uh-huh. feel like that bread yeah. has like everything in one. Yeah, pretty much. It's all packaged in there. So um, a good rule of thumb, I tell people when it comes to protein as well, people are always asking like about how much protein you need. You know, our country is protein obsessed, but anyways, I know. Um, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> it is. But anyways, yeah. So if you, an easy rule of thumb, and this comes from the physicians committee for responsible medicine, I always, they're a go-to for me. I used to teach classes for them and they are really evidence-based and know what they're talking about. Um, pcrm.org if you're interested in looking more into them but anyways for protein for adult you take your weight in pounds and uh, multiply it by 0.36 and that gives you about an average of about about how much protein you need um, give or take Um, so like a a guy would need about 56 grams a woman needs a little less 46 grams but of course it depends on the weight of the person Um, for kids, it's more, um, kids, you take their weight, um, multiplied by 0.45 and that gives you a rough estimate about how much protein they need. So about 20 to 35 grams of protein for kids. Um, But like, like you said, our country is obsessed by protein. And mm -hmm. I actually had a, um, talk with a pediatrician in my membership site and, um, she gave me an amazing statistic that 
like 96% of our country actually gets enough protein, like without like even really trying. And Mm -hmm. 96% of our country actually is deficient in fiber. So yeah, it's, it's fiber we need so, to be worried about. Yeah. It's so interesting to me that like our country is so obsessed by protein and, and I don't, I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't, I eat a, a wide range diet. I don't count my macros. I don't do anything mm-hmm. like that because me that either. causes, it just causes a lot of stress to me. Like if I had to actually keep a food diary and count <laughs> I know, right? all that Who stuff, time like, for that? I would freak out. No, I mean, yeah. I would. I think I did it once because someone, I don't know what it was I was doing. And I literally lasted half a day. I'm like, this sucks. I just want to eat what I want to eat. (laughs) No. Um, So why does that have like a protein deficiency? That's the thing. It's something like people worry about so much. And then if you ask them, who do you know that has a protein deficiency? I mean, being a nerd and being a nurse, like I know that people that are on like dialysis, yeah, they do have to worry about yes. protein. But like, yes. besides that, it's like, come on. Yes. Or if you've had severe burns to your body, you need a lot of protein. Right. But it's like, other than that, it's like, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> well, and, and and the average person really just doesn't. And people, I think, don't realize how much protein is in things. And yeah, fine you know, maybe this vegetable doesn't have a ton of protein, but when you're eating, when you're combining everything that you're eating, it adds up very quickly Mm -hmm. and people just don't Mm -hmm. realize that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so our body obviously needs these macronutrients. Like what is, um, you talked about the brain needing the carbohydrates, like what, why does our, our body needs that? Um, why does our body need like each of them and why are they, you know, each important? Yeah. So our body breaks down the carbohydrates to basically for our brain, our, our brains are incredibly, um, needy as far as calories and carbohydrates. I mean, they burn a, our brain burns a ton of calories. We fueling our brain, of course, you know, runs our body. So our brain takes a lot of energy. Um, but fats, I didn't mention fats yet. Fats are really important for brain health as, as well. In fact, our brain is made up about 60% fat. (laughs) So that's why it does need, you know, our bodies do need fat to break down as well. Um, fats also insulate the body. Um, they also, um, help with fats, help with vitamin absorption as well. So vitamins A, D, E, and K are all fat soluble vitamins. So we need fats to absorb those as well. Um, and then as far as there's lots of different types of fats, you often hear about saturated fats are bad. And those are in fact bad as a, I'm a cardiac nurse and saturated fats are directly linked to heart, heart disease, um, because they, um, promote, um, build up a plaque in our, in our vessels that lead to heart disease. So for example, the top sources of fats, saturated fats in our diet, do you know what it is, Sophia, in Americans diets with the top saturated fat would be? Well, meat and dairy, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Cheese is number one. Cheese is high on the list. So cheese has a ton of saturated fats. Um, and then yeah, yeah, meats and dairies, beef, um, your like luncheon meats that unfortunately, a lot of kids eat, unfortunately, um, mm-hmm. sausages, hot dogs, those are all really top sources of saturated fats in American diet um, as yeah. well. Of course, on a plant based diet, you can get saturated fat, for example, like coconut oil is very I was gonna, I was gonna say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there yep. a difference between plant saturated fats and meat saturated fats? Well, I mean, coconut oil, like, for example, people that have heart disease, which unfortunately is most Americans, I I tend to tell them to 
avoid it or like really limit their coconut oil consumption because it does have the same effect in the arteries. It's going to block them up. Um, but the difference between like coconut oil and like um, cheese or beef or something like that is those things come packaged with a bunch of other crap, you know, they have hormones in them, antibiotics a lot of times. Um, so there's a lot of negative things that come with that as well. Okay. Um, so it's really the added stuff that comes with the other ones that makes it even worse, but generally yeah, saturated fat yeah. is saturated fat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say so. You want to stick more with the monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats. Um, so for example, like monounsaturated fats are, you know, um, we get those like in peanut butter and different types of nuts, avocado, olives, olive oil, things like that. Um, and then your polyunsaturated fat that, that encompasses our omega threes and our omega six fats. And those also come in like seeds and nuts, like uh, walnuts, um, soybean oil, stuff like that as well. Um, and then going along with saturated fats, um, going back to saturated fats, excuse me, uh, trans fats are terrible. Um, thankfully, like some countries have banned trans fats from their, their products. Um, unfortunately, I think in America, they can still have them in limited yes. amounts. Actually, yes. what I, I think it's the, so the trans fat, I think this is, um, if I'm saying this correctly, I actually was looking at um, a, I, I was doing a, um, a thing about reading food labels and I found this whole like a loophole about trans fats and okay. the way they had to be, um, I just was reading it online and I don't know if it's changed or anything, but the trans fats are um, allowed to be, they're, they're they can say something is trans fat free, like it doesn't have trans fats. If it's, if it's under, less than one, right? If, if, less, than, it if it's less than 0.5 grams. So, okay. Yeah. What, I have, yes. now that you bring that up, I have yes. heard that. Yes. So what they do is they just lower the serving size so oh, that geez. on the label, they can actually, so they lower the serving size. So like a lot of trans fats are in like dressings and stuff, right? So mm -hmm. in a dress, they'll say the serving size is like a teaspoon. And that amount of that dressing has less than 0.5 grams. So they will say trans, no trans fats. However, if you look at the ingredient list and what people don't understand is that they look at the label and they only read the front because it says, oh, no trans fats, this must be great for me. But you mm -hmm. need to turn it around because in the ingredient list, if you see hydrogenated vegetable oil, mm -hmm. that's, that's a trans fat. <laughs> yep. So it's there. And so that's like people, there's so many little tricks and loopholes that manufacturers can and can get away with saying certain things that aren't true because people be like well isn't that lying I'm like well it is but it isn't because in their <laughs> tiny teaspoon of dressing there isn't any trans fat but yeah they're so sneaky of, well who puts one teaspoon of dressing on their salad I mean yeah right yeah no one does that <laughs> come so on it's, yes it's crazy and that is part of like the frustration I have with today and it's it's like people need that education to know it doesn't matter what the label says, like, look at the ingredients. If it has mm -hmm. hydrogenated vegetable oil, it has a trans fat in it, period. Because mm -hmm. that's a trans fat. 
Yep. Yeah. And I remember, I think, I think it was Michelle Obama was trying to work on that to be more discreet or be more honest with food labeling. Um, I'm not sure how far she got with that. I know it takes years and years to change that stuff. And the, you know, the food manufacturers are going to try to drag their feet as long as possible. But I know she was trying to get it to be more realistic serving sizes too, like for, uh, you know, for a pint of ice cream, you used to say, I think like a third cup or something. It's like who eats, you know, most people right. aren't eating just a third cup of ice cream. They're right. How much is in the, if you ate the whole pint, like what would yes. it be, you know? Yes. So yeah, I think. That, oh yeah. That's a- Especially with those pints, you know, it's like, well, I, I usually eat like half of that. So <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> how much is that? Yeah. Right. right. And, and it's true. Uh-huh. And you know, while I don't really look at, um, I don't really count, you know, my calories. I don't do any of that just because I'm lucky that I don't have to, but there are a lot of people, like you said, heart disease is the, is one of the number one chronic conditions in our heart disease and diabetes Mm -hmm. are one of the number of chronic conditions in our country. And, um, it's seven, is it 70% of people have a chronic condition? Is that the Um, number? In our country? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's hard to know exactly, but roughly, yes, I would yeah. say even seven, yeah, about 70% or so are I, suffer from some kind of chronic disease, chronic which is very preventable. Yes. Well, so, and then I, I think it's 70% have it one and then it's something like 40% or maybe have two or more. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's insane. And that's the thing is these chronic diseases are actually preventable. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're you know, they're very food oriented. Definitely. Yeah. Um, With heart disease, diabetes, I mean, a lot of cancers, especially like the reproductive cancers, like breast cancer, prostate cancer, they're very correlated to food intake and the crappy American diet. (laughs) Yeah. So our brain needs carbs. Our brain needs fat. Um, our muscles need protein. Um, Mm -hmm. so why do you think it is that like, it's interesting to me because, weight loss is obviously a big thing in our country, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of go back and forth on. I mean, I know there's a big movement with body positivity and accepting your body, but I also do feel that, um, wanting to lose weight is it, it, it shouldn't just be about accepting your body the way it is. It it also like, there are moments where people want to lose weight. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe after you have had kids, you didn't get back to your normal routines of exercising, eating healthy because you've devoted your life to your kids and you've gained 20 Mm -hmm. to 30 pounds. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything bad with saying, I want to lose that. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. granted you shouldn't be looking at, you know, what a lot of what they post online and say, I want to look like her. You, you want to look like you, but um, why do you think that there's so much money in cutting carbs or, fat or whatever in the online world when these macronutrients are actually really needed by our bodies to function. (laughs) Well, I think a lot of the diets, for example, if you look at all the fad diets out there that they, you know, they come and go and essentially they're all like a low carbohydrate diet. So you had like the South beach diet, you had Atkins diet, then you had, you know, the paleo movement, then you have, you know, keto movement. If you look at them, a lot of them are low carbohydrate, high fat. And unfortunately, um, especially the meat industry loves that, right? Because they're promoting a lot of high protein, high fats. Well, meat essentially has a lot of protein, a lot of fats in it. Unfortunately, it comes packaged with a lot of other crappy stuff as well. Yeah. Um, but I think that is the big push with these diets, unfortunately, um, to, to kind of promote that way of eating. Um, and of course, when I tell people, um, 
you know, when I've worked with people before in the past that want to lose weight for what I think is the best way to lose weight is to, I, I love a whole food plant-based diet because you're going to get a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, which are the most nutrient dense uh, foods that we have on the planet. You want those because they, they help protect against cancer and against heart disease and diabetes as well. Um, and then you want to, I, I try to go with the good, better, best model for everything all our macronutrients. For example, um, as far as like carbohydrates, like a good choice would be a whole grain bread. Yeah. Right. It's better than a white bread with, you know, that's, you know, enriched and has been stripped of all its nutrients. That's a good choice. A whole grain bread, a better choice would be an organic sprouted whole grain bread because it's, you know, sprouted is easier to digest. Organic is better because it doesn't have the pesticides in it. But then even the best choice after that would be like a whole intact grain, like a brown rice or farro or um, quinoa. Quinoa is actually a, um, a seed, but anyway, so yeah. <laughs> we don't have to get into the weeds in that. But um, live by that philosophy to good, better, best. I mean, you're probably not going to always make the best choice, but try to do the, the best that you can. Um, and for, for weight loss, I really do think that you do need to go more on the low fat side, because if you just break it down purely by like what I said at the beginning of the podcast, carbs and protein have four calories per gram, fats have nine calories per gram. So fats are going to be much more calorie dense, um, when you eat them. But I also think you shouldn't cut out fats because you need fat in your diet and you need healthy sources of fats. So good sources of fat, as I try to promote, is a little bit of, you know, avocado here and there, some nuts and seeds. Um, interestingly enough, I, I learned before from Dr. Gregor, I'm sure you've heard of him from nutritionfacts.org. Um, they've done research before. And um, when you eat nuts, you actually don't absorb all the calories in them because you don't actually, I mean, you chew them, of course, in your mouth, but you don't break them down all the way. So you don't absorb all the, the calories from them. But if you eat like a nut butter, it's already broken down for you, right? Because it's already like processed. So you absorb all of those calories. So if you're trying to lose weight, I would, I would, I would encourage you to lean more towards eating whole nuts versus nut butter, because you're going to absorb less of the calories. So that's a good tip as well. Interesting. Um, but like for yeah, kids, if you want them to gain weight, the nut butters are better. Nut butters would be better. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's so, so interesting. I've never heard that. Yeah. Yep. So that's a good tip as well. And then, um, of course, eating good, good amount of proteins because proteins tend to fill us up as well. So, um, you want to fill up on your proteins, especially like your beans and chickpeas, any kind of like whole bean dish is really good as well. Um, you know, but in a pinch, like I said, that would be the best choice for protein. I would say going to your whole protein sources, like black beans, chickpeas, lentils, um, things like that. But you can also, you know, there's morning star patties out there that have veggies blended into them and stuff. And in a pinch, I understand, like I'm a busy mom. Sometimes, you know, how you have to rely on those foods as well. Yeah. Um, well, and really that's good. kind of, that's kind of for me too. Like, um, if, you know, I've kind of just recently taken a step back and looked at our country as a whole. And, um, I feel like the good, better, best model also kind of changes depending on, you know, um, just their, the societal economical, 
situations mm-hmm. that people are in and everybody is at a different point, you know, in their life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that have these chronic conditions, they are not surrounded by the means to get some of these foods that we can, we consider amazing. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I, cause to me, I, I look at these. So what do you, you know, what do people that, you know, have these chronic conditions, they eat a lot of fast food. Okay. Well, a lot of that has to do because of economics, you know, what they can afford mm-hmm. and actually availability. Cause those are the types of yes, places by, mm-hmm. and like they're working these long hours, you these essential workers that they just want to get home. And so to spend time with their families, maybe. And so like on their way home, there's a Jack in the box. And so that's mm-hmm. just convenient and it's quick and it's easy. And to me, I say like, well, why are we not utilizing these fast food places better? Why are we saying they shouldn't exist? What about instead of actually saying they shouldn't exist? What about actually having some sort of requirement that a certain percentage of their options need to be healthier choices because Mm -hmm. some of these fast food places, they actually don't, they actually have some decent choices of Mm -hmm. items. Yeah. And people just aren't aware of them or whatever. Well, because they're not advertised, you know, and they're Mm -hmm. in there, you know, it's, it's not organic. It's not whatever, but it's when you're talking about this good, better, best model for that Mm -hmm. person that is going to this place and, that you can't change that because that is their mm-hmm. life. That is where they live. That is their society. And that is their, you know, what's what they have access to. So mm-hmm. I don't understand why we don't have some kind of movement. That's like, okay, fast food places are great. They're convenient for some people. They work. Why can't we record? Why can't we require that 50% of what they offer has to meet certain nutritional guidelines? Like why? Mm-hmm. Well, our I, food I, industry needs to be turned over completely because unfortunately all, you know, the meat and dairy is subsidized by our government. So it's much yeah. cheaper too. So the yeah. healthier options may, may have a few, but they're going to be more expensive again. And if people can't afford that and they're like, well, I need to get calories into my kids. This is going to be the most yeah. calorie dense thing on the, and it's the cheapest, you know, I understand I'm not judgmental. It's just, unfortunately our food. Yeah and uh, um, system is set up not the right way. (laughs) No, totally. But that's, that's my, that's my thing. It's that, you know, overall, it's like, we're looking at, you know, our, if we're looking at the population of our country that needs the support, it's a lot of this population, you know, a lot of it is low socioeconomic areas that have Mm -hmm. fast food is what they have. And, and I'm kind of more looking at it like, okay, why can't we use what works? and just change that, make that better, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, why, that'd be so nice. why, are, why, why aren't we tapping into these resources that are here? And I mean, like you said, and the meat, you know, the meat and dairy industry are, it, it's so has to do with money, a hundred percent politics, money. It totally does. Um, but I mean, cause to me too, like, I don't believe that I, I, I think it's fine if somebody doesn't want to be plant-based. I just, but even if the choice was like, a fajita salad, even if it's mm-hmm. a chicken fajita salad, it has greens versus the double mm-hmm. cheeseburger, you know, like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> With the one like, slice of iceberg on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It's so frustrating to me. Um, it, this just like a side, I just, it frustrates me because people just, it, we need to start educating about Not what to set up the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so back to like, back to the whole money issue of it, like all these I see, so, especially right now with it, January just finishing and January being such a push to, you know, get your body back, whatever. Mm-hmm. So many like, 
oh, follow my plan and sp- give me this money, follow my plan. And you're going to look like this. And the plan you know, <laughs> cut, cut, cuts out one of these macros that our body needs so much. Yes, you know, it like, does. Yep. I think I did all, I, I, this was many, many, many years ago. Um, I like to try things just because like, I like to experience to see what it's all about. So we did, I did like, I, I tried to do like low slash no, no carb for like a day. Mm-hmm. I, I lasted until lunchtime. I okay. <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, Sophia's brain's like, I need carbs. <laughs> yes. I couldn't even last a day because I felt so like you said, like brain, like brain foggy, low energy. I was like, I couldn't even function. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it was crazy. Essentially in carbohydrates, you're getting a lot of your good fibers too. So your, yes. your GI, your uh, gut bacteria is also suffering because your gut bacteria feeds off all that good fiber and those good whole grain carbohydrates. So you're really screwing up, you know, feeling well, you're foggy in the brain, you have headaches and you're, you're messing up your whole microbiome in your gut as well, which is not yes. good. No, and you're getting not at you all. Know, constipated because you need your fiber and you're not, you know, I mean, fiber does, uh, it's amazing. Unfortunately, it's not a macro because we don't get, you know, uh, calories from it, calories. but it does so many good things. I mean, I'm learning yeah. more about fiber and it's, it's just amazing. I mean, fiber, when you, it breaks down to these four, short chain fatty acids. I'm getting into the science now. And it um, also helps our immune system. Like our immune system runs off that as well. So you're cutting out the carbs, you're, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure with your immune system, which is terrible, especially with COVID outbreak and all, you know, all the illnesses out there. Um, I didn't know that about it breaks down to essential fatty acids. Yeah. Short chain fatty acids. Short Uh chain. Yep. Short chain. That's crazy. Yep. Yep. That's amazing. Um, Our bodies well, are amazing if you feed them, right? Right. And so that, so it's kind of like a domino <laughs> effect. So you're cutting the carbs, therefore you're cutting a lot of that fiber. Therefore you're cutting, you're cutting down those short chain fatty acids and you're also mm-hmm. therefore cutting down your immune response. So it's kind of yeah. like a domino effect mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. um, that's just crazy. So many, and that's the science behind it that I just love. And, um, I feel like people are missing. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Just to summarize, our fat helps with nutrient absorption. It helps. Um, what else did you say? Um, well, it helps insulate our bodies too. Insulate it our body. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Insulate our body. Um, uh, was there something else? Also, your brain runs out. You know, your brain. Oh yeah, um, your brain. That's what yes, I was looking at. Yeah, it's made out of fat. Fatty fatty. Yep, mm-hmm. and needs the fat. Carbs help with energy. We need that energy as far as like our brain working and just energy in general. Mm-hmm, and then, um, and then protein builds our muscles. Yep. Yep. If you break it down real simply, yep, that's what it comes yeah. down to. And you need all those things to work together. You don't want to cut one of those things out. Yeah. No, because I mean, if you don't have, I mean, like the fat, like you said, like you're not absorbing the vitamins and in turn, like again, another domino fact, you cut that fat you're not absorbing those vitamins, essential vitamins that you need. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're deficient. And so then you're taking a supplement where in fact, you're not really deficient if you actually just ate, you know, you it's have them. Yeah, in there. Go yeah. to the source. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So that's, um, it's so interesting. I love talking about this and I so appreciate you being here and sharing no all problem. this information yeah. and get, getting it out in the world so that people can start making like 
really good decisions because I feel like there's a lot of really bad decisions being made right now. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I agree too. And a rule of thumb real quick in my household is I like to say a green, a bean and a grain. So if I'm ever thinking of a meal plan, yeah, a green, a bean and a grain. So like, for example, we love to do bowls, right? So we'll do like a black beans, brown rice and kale, and then we'll put some kind of topping on it, like salsa and stuff. And of course you can add more in there, like corn and, you know, jicama or whatever, or we'll do like, um, tofu, quinoa, brown rice, or sorry, tofu, quinoa and broccoli with a barbecue sauce on top or something like that. So like a bean, a green and a grain, if you want to build your, your, your plate with that. And then we do like a fruit as a dessert or whatever. So that's just an easy concept that I try to teach people to try to try to pattern their meals after that. Yes. Well, and that's kind of, I mean, we definitely do that as well, as far as like making sure we have our well-rounded, like I am always looking at, you know, our, what's our carb, what's our protein source, um, what's our fat source. um, And then we always add, you know, the veggies on top too. So Mm -hmm. um, it's perfect. It's just, yeah, it's important for, and that's, you know, again, what I try and tell my kids and try and teach them that whole way of eating because if we want to be out there with all our energy, our body, you need to treat your body and give it the fuel. You can't drive your car without fuel. And I don't understand mm-hmm. why people think you can run your body without it. So <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it really comes down to that. Right. Um, but thank you so much, Jen. I so appreciate it. Um, My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening and make sure to tune in next time. Cause our, um, I'm going to be talking with another friend all about sugars and um, you know, which is essentially carbohydrate, um, sugars, the different options out there and what each of them does, but thank you everybody. And please make sure to rate and review. It really, really, really helps me.